If you had to estimate, if you had to compare the size of your bladder to a fruit, what would you say? Is it like coconut? Grapefruit. Grapefruit? That's a pretty big bladder. Grapefruit's a fruit. It has fruit in the name. No, I'm saying it's a coconut and a grapefruit. I feel like a coconut and a grapefruit are about the same size. No. Well, a coconut's not a grapefruit. A grapefruit has, like, flesh no, 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 to no. it. A coconut <laughs> wait, is a wait, hollow, wait. milky, 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 uh, uh, tree ball. You're a, you're a, <laughs> dang it, you're a milky tree, dang it! Welcome to The Crunch, episode 44. It's your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Postle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. Dude, what's up? It's Thursday, my dudes. It is Thursday. I don't have to go to work tomorrow, because I'm going on Steubenville, Mid-America Week 2, St. Louis and Springfield, Missouri, at Missouri State University. Yeah. That's sick. I know, I'm pumped. Gomer's going to be there? Go- yes, I'm going to hang out with Gomer. We're going to do similar videos to what you and Luke did, except I I don't know what the difference will be, but they'll be good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. Wait, who else is speaking at Mid-America? Um, I think Steve Angrisano is going to be there. I haven't looked at the lineup. You should. You, you, you should get them all on the podcast. Let me, well, let me, let me do a quick uh, Google and see what we have in store for us. While you do that, I'll tell the story that I was telling before you started. The yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Tell the people. What's up? What's been up in I mean, your it, life? It, it was kind of it was kind of relating to the fact that I was about to make fun of you for your milky white skin I, that I also have. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm it's doing not that I. It's not like I want to be white. <laughs> it's just like it's, I chose this. It just it, if it were up to me, never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought. Continue on. I. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was doing. I've been doing vacation in Bible school. At this place called the Dock, which is this community outreach center for kids in um, a poorer part of town and so we go and we do vacation bible school and we hang out with them and it's great and uh, it's mostly african-american young young kids and so they they all hang out outside before the day starts and so i was hanging out there with them just chilling talking and this kid okay his name is legitimately rohan like the mystical land and lord of the rings yeah his name is rohan it's awesome what and i was i was talking don't mess don't mess with the rohan don't (laughs) zing zing and so he's trying to convince the the dock coordinator to let him inside before before nine o'clock because it's hot outside because it's Florida. Right. And he tried to use me as a bargaining chip by saying, by claiming that if I stood out here for a, for longer than five minutes, I would turn his skin color. And I was like, I. And then the the dock coordinator turns to him and goes, he'd get skin cancer before he turned your color. And I was like, that is Whoa. absolutely true. It was hilarious. So that's well, that was good. Are you liking yeah. Vacation Bible School? Do you enjoy doing that? I do like Vacation Bible School. I, I, I do the the MC thing. I do the the sing and play at the beginning, and then I, I close it out with some fun activities at the end. So I, I'm the I'm the guy that's in front of everyone that has to handle a crowd of screaming children. It's fun. I I, I do good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, the speakers are Sister Miriam. From uh-huh. she was at Seek. She spoke at Seek. Yep. I fell asleep during her talk. Uh, Yikes. Have we been over this? I fell asleep during every talk I went to at Seek 2017. <laughs> I feel bad because I kind of wasted my money, but at the same time, don't be so boring, Catholic speakers. 
<laughs> make Catholic speaking great. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do the joke. Everybody oh, I'm serious. Like every big event, like speech was just like, uh Like, listen, folks, I'm going to need more visual aids and or hands on not, activity. Not even Otherwise, visual aids, just like more interesting content. It was all very general. Like, you need to welcome the Holy Spirit and just, it just like it was not anything substantive. Anyway, we can this talk is not about the advanced stuff. It's not that I need the advanced stuff. It's just that I've been up all day and I'm tired. <laughs> so, and you're going to put me in a dark room and you're going to talk about generalities for 45 minutes. You expect me to stay awake for the whole thing? Anyway, I, whatever. <laughs> I, my opinions about Seek, we can have a different time. Uh, so it's Sister Miriam, who's going to be great. Uh, Gomer, yep. who's going to be great. And Paul J. Kim. Oh, no way. I don't really know him, but it says he's an international youth speaker, vocalist, and beatboxer, which probably means I'll be subjected to 30 minutes of entertainment by him jumping around on stage beatboxing, but Catholic, which I'm sure can't go wrong in any way. The entertainment at uh, my second Steubenville, no, yeah, it might have been my second Steubenville, was um, Bob Lesnevsky, otherwise known as Righteous Righteous B, B. Catholic rap. It was awesome, and that was my first experience with righteous b and now he works at franciscan and it's super cool yeah so i'm just like i remember when you were jumping around on stage rapping and he's like please don't remember that i want to meet him sometime (laughs) he seems pretty pretty nifty dude come to franciscan no my first you kind of look like him paul or paul why did i say paul uh bob left just talking myself righteous b you think i look like righteous b i don't have enough tattoos to be like righteous b it's awesome he's kind of a frat star He told me that he told me that uh, he'd take me to get my first tattoo if I got a tattoo. And I was you like, should I might totally get a do that. Just yes. I told my okay. I'm, I told myself that I'm gonna I'm gonna measure my 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 waist right my like my belly, and then I'm going <laughs> if I I'm going to lose three inches off my belly and then get a tattoo. So it's gonna show how hard I want how much I want it by how hard I work for but it. But you have to get I, a tattoo that will still look good if it stretches out three inches again. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to get a tattoo. If on I get belly. a tattoo, it'll be on a muscle that I can flex and so that it moves around. I'm going to get, I'm going to get totus to us right here, but not on my bicep or like, that's easy. I want to get one on like my, um, I don't know. I'm looking at all my muscles right now, trying to figure out which one's the most interesting. Uh, they're all kind of shaped the same. Maybe <laughs> my, maybe my right, my right butt cheek would be good. Cause I can flex it. I'm pretty good. I don't know if you know this about me. So like when I listen to music, i like dance along with my butt cheeks have we talked about this before no but i do the same thing (laughs) yeah so like if the beat's going you're just like "Mm, mm, mm, bam you guys can't see this at home but i'm i'm wiggling my butt cheeks around yeah so what i do is it would just be for me like nobody else would see this this uh this oh this is perfect so here's what it would it'd be a priest with a with a with a thurifer with a thurible and it would be incense, and every time I flex my butt cheek, he'd swing the, the thurible. Is that not the greatest tattoo idea you've ever heard? You can't get a tattoo <laughs> of a priest on your butt, Ethan. You can't do it, buddy. It's, it's for Jesus. It. No, it's not. You literally just said it's for you. It would, But nobody else would see it. That's the thing. It would be my secret. Like, so every Except time I'd be God. dancing, it'd be like I'm sending up that as a prayer. Every time you flex your every- right butt cheek... You're sending up incense to God. And every time you farted, it would be... Well, you don't flex your butt cheeks when you fart. That's more of a rectal don't. activity. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, episode 44. So anyway, I want to get a tattoo. I want to get a Marion tattoo. Yeah. 
but you can go ahead and get your butt free tattoo. <laughs> Long story short, I'm very excited to go on Steubenville. It's going to be great. Next week, I'm sure we'll talk all about it. Oh, man. Let's hop into this topic. I'm kind of jazzed about it. Uh, yeah, you really were. But also, at the same time, I want to get through it so I can eat dinner. My mom made chicken and noodles for Din Din, and uh, it's nice. 7 o'clock, and I haven't eaten anything since noon. I had one beer. That's it. That's all I've had in my system. So That's going straight to your head. boy. So, Pat. Patrick Nevy. Hi, that's me. What, uh, what do you want to jam about? What do you want to slam about? Come on, slam. Welcome to the jam. I mean, you had you had a pretty fantastic summer, right, Ethan? I mean, you've been. I, okay, so I I have to confess, I got a little envious of you because <laughs> I tasted a little bit of <laughs> nice scapular, dude. Thanks, dude. If you want to know how I saw Ethan's scapular, finish your story. <laughs> so I was hanging out with the youth ministry across the river from my parish and they had just like just gotten back from Steubenville and I knew a ton of the youth leaders from when we used to hang out back in the day and I went to I went to mass at holy name oh my gosh I got recognized there I forgot I have to Ooh, mention this are you famous Patrick no so uh, <laughs> um this guy the, my, my now friend Chris McLaughlin shout out I told him I'd shout him out oh he, he favorites he, my tweets yeah he um he was doing the music at Holy Name, and it was fantastic, by the way. It was awesome. And uh, so good job, Chris. And uh, so we, we hung out, and uh, we played dodgeball in the gym after Mass, and it was super fun. And I was like, man, this is such a great youth ministry. I wish that I was able to hang out here all summer and do what Ethan did, but with this parish. This would have been awesome. And I feel like I missed an opportunity. I'm super mad. Oh, that's it. So, yeah, I'm just angry. Yeah, you're angry because you're missing out on my fantastic experience as a summer missionary. Yeah. Is that what you call yourself? That's what, well, yeah, we t- kind of stole the name. That's so, a bit rude, but is, anyway, that, is that who you think you are? Is that, you dumb is idiot. You... <laughs> um, so, my youth minister, so three, so I've, this is my third summer volunteering as a college student with my high school youth group. We were originally called Summer Staff, and my youth minister told Randy Rouse, who's like the president of life team or eight, one of the presidents. I don't know. He told Randy Rouse, he said, Hey, uh, I've got this thing. It's called summer staff. You know, like they come back and they help my parish. Randy was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. You should pray about calling them summer missionaries because that's what life team calls all of their college students that come and work for them at like Cove Crest or hidden Lake or whatever. They call them summer missionaries. And so Kyle's like, Kyle's my youth ministry. He's like, Hey, uh, we're going to be called summer missionaries now because <laughs> It's a, it's a better name. Randy Rouse told us to. Because Randy Rouse said so. And so um, Summer Missionaries is a thing. And so we've been – I've been doing it for three years. Um, and it's potentially – here's my idea. This is my plan. It's a master plan. Parish Summer Missionaries are going to – could have the potential to, have the capacity to revolutionize the church in America. With 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 five with five easy steps, you too could only get one one down payment of nineteen ninety five. Will you get the free resource that only costs you twenty dollars to access the free downloadable PDF that shows you how much it costs to get summer missionaries at your parish for nineteen dollars? <laughs> <laughs> for only two thousand dollars a summer, you too can get me to live in your house. Catholicism, the pivotal players. I mean, summer missionaries. <laughs> 
the both end of the both end of uh, summer missionaries podcasting. I don't know what we're talking about. By by, we can draw this topic out. Did you mean we were gonna make dumb jokes during the conversation? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Ethan, and I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. He was telling me about how his parish um, made summer. You said three summers ago made summer missionaries a thing. Yeah. So three summers ago, there were like eight of us, ten of us maybe, um, all from. So we had all graduated from Prince of Peace, my home church, um, in Kansas City, and we had all graduated from there and then we came back the following summer and we helped we just kind of were core team members i don't know if you know if you don't know a core team member is it's someone that it's like an adult who volunteers with the church yeah and so uh we were basically just core team members but we weren't over the age of 21 so we were just kind of at this in-between stage of like we were older and we led the teens but we weren't adults and so we just did kind of things that the core team members didn't want to do so it gave the core team members some time off helped out the youth minister, did all those kinds of things. Um, it wasn't really defined um, until this summer. So this summer's made me super jazzed about the whole idea because this summer we have, like, committees. We have teams. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. So there's 24 of us uh, college students from all all different colleges. We all have some connection to Prince of Peace one way or another. Ideally, we all would have graduated. I'll talk about that later. So, uh Oh, there's so many thoughts in my head. Um, Ethan's so excited. I love it. This is going to be one of those episodes where I don't talk, right? No. Well, it could be. <laughs> you have ideas too. It's just that I have – I need somewhere to put this. And so so what we You've do – holding it in. I have. So we we are split up into teams, right? And one team is environment team, and they, like, build sets. And they've built these awesome sets for our life nights for our uh, series that we do. Um, we'll have like three week series and like one of them was called wild. And so it was very, it was, uh, Oh, I don't even remember what we did. Was it jungle themed? It was almost jungle themed. It was mountain themed. We had these led, I put it on Instagram. It was these led mountains that they made and they taped these lights. It was really cool. So they did mountains. And then this past series was called tribe. And so they had this tribal artwork and one of them was, had like the life team logo incorporated into it. It was so sick. And they had these stakes that they had, sharpened and they were sticking straight up out of the ground so cool so the environment team does that and then we have a food team that makes sure that all the teens get fed every week and then we have a content team which is what i'm on and we write talks uh for the for the series that we do and we come up with series ideas and all those things we have an events team that plans things like field days and weekly get-togethers whatever they might be um for the teens to show up to outside of life night um, and then we have a hospitality team that makes sure that people are welcomed and, and greeted when they when they get to Life Night on a Sunday night. Uh, and we have all, all these kinds of teams. I'm probably missing a few, but we have all these great teams, and each college student is, is assigned to one or more teams. Um, and so what we do is essentially we just take over all of these things that the youth minister doesn't have time to do, and we take our energy, take our extra time during the summer, and we invest it into teens in whatever role or whatever way that we can. In addition to ministering to teens directly, like meeting with them one-on-one, getting coffee with them, talking to them, kind of like journeying with them in their journey with Christ, and then like being there as leaders, small group leaders in uh, Life Night and going on summer trips. Like we do all of these things. I have a, I actually have a question. Lay it on me. That I didn't think about before. Do you guys do, you guys do Life Nights over the summer? Yeah. I guess you do. Yeah. Has, is that like standard practice in Life Team? I didn't go to a Life um, Team... It should be if it's not. Okay. 
so is because I, I was under the impression that like because we we kind of modeled ourselves after life team and i and we we used to do semesters so like kind of like school we would have fall semester and then mm-hmm. we'd stop for the winter and then we would do spring semester and we'd stop for the summer and we wouldn't have wow. we wouldn't have we called it action night because it was ascension catholic teens and then that's the first two that was never mind so we <laughs> we didn't have action night for all for the summer um but i don't know is that is that standard life teen-ness because that's that i think like a lot so more. uh yeah i think it is well it wasn't it might not be i don't know we have a very strong life team program yeah because uh, making keeping it going over the summer seems like it's you'd think it'd be hard but we still have over a hundred teens that show up but every single week like, actually it doesn't really seem like it should be hard it it's seems not like hard it should be easier and it, it seems like it should it be. is attendance drops off more during the school year than it it does yeah that makes more sense mm-hmm. during the summer because you have more people to invest more time yeah exactly yeah i mean i i don't have any i don't have experience with a youth ministry recently but my youth ministry back in the day had um back in the day i'm probably gonna be saying that a lot as if I'm old, old, um, we, old boy, we, we had a non-life teen parish that was our, our core team was made up mostly of adults. And, um, I don't want to, none of them listen. So none of them were young adults. They were mostly just like parents, not of us, but they were older. And we had, um, this group called the faithful servants, which were a group of teens in the youth ministry that were just, they were asked to be a part of this group that planned, action nights and retreats and so we had two retreats every summer every semester we had a retreat every semester that we would help plan and we'd give talks on right and we'd we'd be split into teams and we'd each every team would plan a night and then we'd help plan a different section of the retreat um and what it had its pros and cons you know because it became easily clicky you know oh definitely youth ministry gets so clicky and but faithful servants didn't really help because it would you really had to keep the humility check going because it was like, Oh, we're on the, we're in the super youth group, you know, like we're in the youth group yeah. plus yeah. as opposed to these other heathens. The, the, the worst part was when a couple of, um, a couple of faithful servants, my senior year started calling the other teens kids. Oh, and I was like, no. stop it. Stop. No, I've stop never throughout doing. this whole podcast and any podcast I've ever done. When I've talked about my youth group, I've always called them teens because they're yes. not kids. They're That's not like, children. Oh, that would make me so angry. If I was a part yeah. of your youth group during that time, I would smack the crap out of those people. Yeah. It, it really, it really. Oh my goodness. The, the, the worst part, like it got, it got to a point where we actually realized we had to make a couple of changes because there was, we ended up having this girl who wanted to come to our youth ministry. Her name was Aurora and she was deaf and she was blind or no, sorry. She was blind and she had mental, she was mentally challenged. Right. And we were talking about ways to accommodate her and the, the discussion devolved into whether or not we should allow her at all. Oh my and goodness. And I was like, that is, I, we, once some, once I realized that the discussion was going that direction, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is getting out of hand. It, it was, it was kind of bad. So faithful servants was a good idea, but it kind of like when it started becoming about numbers, it started to devolve. So like I, my youth ministry was awesome, but not because of the numbers. Right. So like Ethan's about to drop some sick, parish numbers but <laughs> i don't think that the conversation I, like, I i think that we would be doing it injustice if we pretended that the numbers were the results the numbers were what was great about your youth ministry because like i don't know what how many who's your like who, i you know you know i was talking about how we used to have i i'm in the number i'm quitting 
get one of new catholic generation to be your co-host i'm leaving that's fair um so uh the only thing i can think of is like focus is discipling right this this seems like a really good discipleship opportunity yeah so like did, did you did you do any of that while you were did, like this summer no yeah uh focus's model is good but it is really good in a college setting and it's not really mm. good anybody anywhere else feel free well, to by disagree discipling, by discipling i don't mean like legitimately like choosing a person to be your person right i mean like did you have a group of kids that you like that you you could say i know this teen a lot better than the other teens yeah well that's because we have girls group and guys group every week and mm. there's a freshman sophomore group and a junior senior group and i would go and lead or help lead the freshman sophomore group and so they're all of those guys that go to that group i know really well because i meet with them every single week and we talk about things you know mm-hmm. um but as far as like what we used to do we used to have summer missionaries be like directly involved with one teenager and that was like a huge focus is did you meet with your teen this week did you go out and talk to them how are you leading them those kinds of things we learned that that really wasn't effective. Like yeah, you said that you said that like numbers aren't that important. I mean, not that you didn't say that numbers are important, but you said that like when you focus on the numbers, bad things happen. I kind of disagree because like I think numbers are a sign of ministry. Like there's a reason that in the book of Acts, like they specified how many were added each day and like the numbers were an important thing. And I think numbers are important now too. And I think that if you're a summer missionary and you're here for this, if I'm only here for three months and I spend my extra energy meeting with only one teen, that is a waste of my, of my missionary ship. My, what do you call that? My, I think mission, my mission. There we go. That's a good, that's a waste. I'm not only you add suffices, take (laughs) some off. So I don't think that is the most effective thing. I think contributing to the parish as a whole and contributing to the youth ministry as a whole is much more valuable in terms of bringing people in um, and bringing teens in and getting teens to invite their friends. Because if you make life night good and if you make life team good and if you impact students that way, then they'll want to come to the event. And then through that, other teens can minister in a one-on-one setting uh, because we're not there all year long. You know, it doesn't make any sense for me yeah. to minister one-on-one to somebody, you know? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I think that discipling is, you're right, it's probably better in a, in a college setting, but I, I, was on this, I was on this leadership conference and, um, with the center for leadership at Franciscan and um, the, we had a speaker, we had this speaker who said uh, mentorship doesn't mentorship isn't assigned. It's not something that you can manufacture. It's something that's initiated on a personal level. It can't just be 
you can't just be assigned a mentor and then have it work out every time. Yeah. You have to, you just, it kind of just happens mm-hmm. as a result of human interaction. So yeah. that's kind of what I was getting at. Was yes. Like, yeah. So there are, yeah, there are some teens that I interact with more and I'm like, I know better just because of, like you said, mm-hmm. human interaction, but it's not a focus. It's not a focus model. It's not a, it's not a focus model. It's not a focus of the ministry. If I could, I sense. could be, I could be a focus model. You, and I mean that in the sense of like, so you could, model. you could wear Patagonia jackets and stand on a mountain. Yeah. Let me roast focus real quick. Really, no, I'm kidding. That was a really good joke. And I'm upset that we couldn't go deeper into that joke. But anyway, because <laughs> I realized there are, there are focus models. There literally are focus models. I could be a focus model. Homeboy on the kayak at Seek 2017. He was a focus model. Yeah. We all just need to have like compasses and maps and rosaries. We just have to be trendy in our Catholicism. That way, focus Praying will notice us. in a hipster place. Yeah, with a coffee, wearing boots and posting pictures of it on Instagram, because that's what Catholicism is all about, right, Patrick? This is devolving, dude. This the salty, the salty sweet is coming out. The salt is here. Okay, let me. This is. Can I get to my like main point though? Yes, okay. absolutely. So, with all of this being said, right? Very passionate about youth ministry. Everybody has different styles of youth ministry. I think that there's. I think that summer missionaries are the key to the next level of youth ministry. Okay. Interesting. This is now yes. a ministry podcast. So yeah, <laughs> we're not from, from, from we who have very minimal experience in ministry. Here's what you should do. It's not that I have minimal experience in ministry. I've been doing ministry since I was a junior in high school. That's true. I've been ministered to for a while now. I haven't. I, the last time I was ministered to, I was a freshman in high school. Like, honestly. So let me tell you something about ministry. No, I'm kidding. So here's the idea. Summer missionaries are the key to all of this. Jar Jar is the key to all of this. We have to – so if every if every parish took its graduated seniors and invited them back the next summer to reinvest in its teens like we're doing at Prince of Peace, that would be such a dramatic shift in the focus of the parish life. Let me, let me, let me, let me show you how, right? So let's say you have 15 teens that graduate, you bring them all back and then you have 15 next summer that are doing what, what I just talked about, right? Being summer missionaries next, next year you have another 15 or whatever graduate and then they come back and then they're summer missionaries again. So all of a sudden you have 30 summer missionaries because hopefully your first summer will return for a second summer. Then maybe you have 20 teens graduate um, and then they, they, they all come back and they, they give their time to, to the summer missionary program. All of a sudden, you have 50 summer missionaries in just a couple short years. Obviously, this will take some time to build up, and it depends on the size of your ministry. But for a group like us, where we have 120, 130 teens that regularly come to our Sunday night programs, that's not an unlikely situation. That's not an unlikely number. You know, At some point, you have, you have a youth group of approximately, at least for us, these are my numbers. So we have maybe 150 teens coming every week. You have 50 summer missionaries coming back every summer and investing in the church. Think about how much you can do with 50 summer missionaries, 50 yeah. people. So I have an eight to five job. Let's assume that, you know, some, some of the summer missionaries have a job like that and some of them have a part-time job. Think about the amount of time that can be invested across 50 people into one ministry. Yeah. One ministry. Like we, we have, think of all the things that are crazy that happen at a life team with just one, one good youth minister and maybe one intern or one really great yeah. secretary that's dedicated and good things that or happen from that really good teens that are or, really yeah, yeah 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 some good teens that spend their extra time like dedicated to the ministry if you have 50 
50 college students that are dedicated, that care about the ministry because they've been through it and they've had, they've received dividends from it because somebody else has invested into them. They come back, right? And they give their extra time. That all of a sudden makes all of the things that I talked about, the, the sets, the content, the food, the everything so much better, which brings in more teens because hopefully you'd have people going and reaching out and, and bringing people in uh, from yeah. other places. All of a sudden, so then you then you take these summer missionaries and then they graduate from college. They become core team members, right? So then you have 150 teens, 50 summer missionaries, 50 core team members, right? And then the core team members, they start, they start getting husbands and wives, right? And they start having kids and you start bringing in more and more teens. All of a sudden, you've got a group of 300, 400 people that are all a part of life team, right? And like all of a sudden you have all these people investing into the youth and making the youth great. And that's like what they come to. And the people are raising their kids and their, their kids are growing up as a part of this life team program. At this point, it's not life team anymore. It's something bigger, something greater. This is like my vision for my, like my parish at home. Like this is what could happen if everybody rallied behind the youth, if everybody understood that like, this is what's important because the youth are the future of our church and we are failing them. Like youth ministry is growing so much. And like we're, uh, 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 I have so many, I have so many thoughts, Patrick. And rain it's, me it's, in, rain me in. I just want, so, I just want everybody to understand what I'm talking about. So I, the main, the main question that I would, if I were, if I were to play the devil's advocate, the main question that I would pose against, we should rally behind the teens, is why the teens and not like the kids, like kid kids or adults. And here's, here's my answer to my own question, <laughs> listener land. It's because. And I, I I talked about this earlier, and I kind of reformulated the thought. Yeah. Is that teens are teens need to to realize how to be in community. Oh, because true. they're about to they're about to go they're about to go to college. World. Yeah, and college is such a terrifying place because you can turn in on yourself so easily, so easily, just to be like, even if you have a roommate, just being in your dorm room alone, watching or Netflix, watching Netflix, or even in and. What are we training for? What are we training them for over the summer? Because what are they doing over the summer? Sitting in their room watching Netflix. So what are they going to do when they feel lonely at college? Sit in their room and watch Netflix. So summer is a really important point. I mean, I was talking about this earlier. My youth group kind of settled down over the summer in terms of the actual events. It should ramp up over the summer and it should be it should be bigger, you know. Um, anyway, so because kids, little kids have a community in their family. You know, older older adults have a community in their family if they have you know a husband and or they're like group of friends you or their group or, of friends exactly or their coworkers or something like that. Yeah, teens who, especially now, may be at a loss because there's so many broken families out there. They have the ability to make a decision that a child doesn't that, can, that a child can't make. They're able to make a decision to come to a, a life night, you know, and they're able to become a part of that community and that and a what what I've been calling a um. A, cel- a celibate family is kind of what it is. It's it's a family where there's no like there's no biological relation. It's just it's a spiritual family. Yeah, is so prime. It's so ripe. It's almost as if that's what the church was supposed to be. It's almost because I was I was joking with Ethan earlier when he was describing this. I was like, Ethan, you just described a parish. Yeah, like, oh, I did just describe a parish because this is what this is what a parish is supposed to be. The parish, yeah. like the Catholic Church in America, is so lost, right? Like we nobody's rallying behind the mass. Because nobody, nobody, there's no, nobody cares about the mass. We all see this. Like, there's no reverence. There's no this, that, or the other thing. Like, people just don't care about the mass. There's no, nobody's rallying behind uh, the knights. Nobody's rallying behind any real cause. Like, not even the pro-life movement is gaining traction in the church. 
you know? Like all these important things, like super, like critical things are happening in the church and nobody cares. And I think that the way to get people to care about those critical things is starting when they're in high school because if you don't get them when they're in high school, you're not going to keep them when they're in college. And if you don't keep them when they're in college, you're going to lose them when they're old enough to tithe. And you're going to lose them when they're old enough to vote like all of the, yeah. and become politically active when they're, members when they're, of society. When they're decision-making adults. And then you're just going to lose their kids. Exactly. And, and it's, it just is self-perpetuating throughout the rest of the future. And so – we as a church have to understand, okay, we not we might not agree, we might not understand like life team, we might not understand Steubenville conferences, we might not yeah. understand all of this stuff, but it's happening and it's important. And it's working and it's working it's and it's working. growing. And like you can say whatever you want about life team, you know, I know people do, but it's working. It's doing actual things. It's making it's making people come alive. And you can talk about like you can talk about what I mean, dead adults, you know, like they're dead in their faith. They create dead kids and those kids, you know, they, they're just, they're born dead or lukewarm, you know, like, yeah. and as much damage as a dead adult can do, the amount of good that a living adult can do, a spiritually alive adult is so much greater than the damage that can be done. So, I mean, just bringing, bringing life into a few people. Wow. Maybe that's why it's called life teen. Whoa. Oh, I figured it out. I figured it out. We just so cracked I, the code. I cracked the code. We just I'm cracked. Sure we just cracked open the life teen egg. The life. I was going to say we cracked open a life teen with the boys. We but, cracked open a life teen with the boys. <laughs> Is that the name of the podcast? That's going to be the name, the name of the podcast. podcast? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, no, but it's that's so it. good. I. I mean. You're totally right. We used to have we used to have like quote unquote summer missionaries at my parish. We the the diocese used to assign seminarians to the parish, and I guess I really never thought of it before. But when they were assigned to the parish, they were really assigned to the youth ministry. Yeah, and it was interesting because even we got we got a couple of young seminarians because they're they're all over the place. But um, we had a few older seminarians too, and even they would dedicate their time to the youth ministry, and. I mean, it, it's it's part and parcel because they're close in age to us, and they also they're also in a in a they're a step above us in terms of like discernment of what mm-hmm. they want to do with their life and mm-hmm. how they're going to live out their faith. And so, seeing that inspired us to take that extra step and realize it didn't end when we graduated, which is what a lot of youth a lot of youth ministries that's why they fail is because it doesn't look like it doesn't continue. It doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah, your graduation is almost like a funeral for your faith. It's, right, it's, it's terrible. But when you see young adults who come back from secular colleges and are still live and vibrant, you're like, there is life after death of high school, you know, because yeah. high school just seems like the world. And when you're leaving, you're like, Oh, there's another world. I don't know if Catholicism is a part of this one, man, unless you're lucky See, now, enough to like have yeah. someone that you look up to, like maybe you meet a junior or a senior that you like look up to in high school and then they graduate and you're like still friends with them. Like there's no way for high schoolers to be connected with that world. You know, I mean, there is kind of through social media and everything, um, but th- it doesn't really matter. Like I'm not going to affect, uh, Jimmy out in Montana, you know, graduating from high school yeah. to college. Like if, if I knew Jimmy in real life and we were friends and we interacted over the summer for three months and then he saw me grow and then he saw me come back every time I was home for break and he saw me come back the following summer and he saw me come back as a core team member, that would impact Jimmy. You know, that's what's yeah. important. We can't just like delegate the good examples to other people like if you care about your faith you have an obligation to be a good example like i don't care if ministry is not your thing i don't care if high school 
was like not your jam. And so now you just don't want to go back and volunteer. Like if you want to make the church great and you truly care about the church in America, this is the way to do it. If you're, if you're in college, if you're a young adult yeah. is investing in the youth. I don't going care. I don't care parents, what you say. I don't care. That's my, that's a fact. Going, going back to now you understand why I get so pissed when people crap on life teen at all. I know Jake, I know it was a joke, but still, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, um, coming home to your parish should feel like a homecoming. It shouldn't feel like it shouldn't feel like you're going back to some stagnant. And so, so college kids go back to your parish, ready to work, ready to help. Yeah. yeah. And parishes welcome back your college kids. It's, it's so important. Oh and yeah. I just, and honestly, Ethan, like I would say, and I know you would agree with me that what you're doing at your parish is more important than this podcast. Oh, hundred percent. Like hands down. I would even think that me hanging out with my brother at the gym is more important than this podcast because that's who I interact with and that's who looks up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's who looks up to me. And I can, I can look as far him. as like levels of ministry. Yeah. This podcast oh, yeah, is absolutely. like the bottom of the things that I do. Yeah. You know, like, cause we, here's the thing is that talking about Jimmy in Montana, like we might have yeah. a listener named Jimmy in Montana who like thinks, you know, Oh, this podcast is great and it's helping me and that's awesome. But literally like Jimmy in Montana is not going to get helped unless one of you, other people in Montana, Talk Go to, to Jimmy and form a personal started. relationship with Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I, so I go, I come home for the summers and I get super jazzed and I learn a bunch of things about ministry. And like, I take time to kind of, I've been listening to uh, Protestant podcasts all week long because yes. they, because they do ministry so well. And I've been listening they to catching foxes. They, they, they listen to, I've been listening to catching foxes. And I've been listening to the Catholic creatives podcast. I've been listening to all these podcasts about all these things that people do. And so I'm taking this. And all the things that I'm learning at Life Teen, and I'm going to implement them at St. Isidore's at college. And then all the things that I learned at college, I take that and I bring it back to, like, uh, home at Prince of Peace Parish. That's what we're – I mean, as a college student, you have a unique opportunity to learn things in both places and bring them in both places. And if you're just kind of along for the ride, what are you doing? Yeah. Literally, what are you doing? Be involved in your parish. Jeez. Like nobody oh, if you just if you're home for the summer and you just all you do to be involved with your home parish is go on Sunday, you are failing. You are you failing. You'll well be listening to a podcast every week. Because it's just that's just what you're except for receiving the Eucharist is amazing. But you know what I'm saying? Like this is and this is a problem not just for college students, this is a problem for everybody. This is a problem for adults. If all you're doing is you know, taking your kids to mass on Sunday, if all you're doing, you yourself, maybe you're single, is just going to mass on Sunday and you're doing nothing else, you are failing. I don't care if you don't like the church. I don't care if you don't like the people. I don't care if you think that they're heretical because they play the guitar during mass. This is the problem. This is the problem I have with, with trads is that they get super jazzed or like super annoyed. They're like, oh, well, I went, I just moved to a new city and I went to the church closest to me and I didn't like the way that they did mass. Uh, so I'm going to go to the FSSP church that's an hour away. That's crap. Yeah, that's like, ridiculous. If you're, driving, you going to- if you're driving an hour away to get to mass, you are, you, you are the reason that the Catholic church is, is not doing well in America. <laughs> Thank you. And, it, and because ministry happens in a home. Oh, man. If parishes would just have – like people in parishes would have dinner together, so much more conversion would happen. Radical hospitality. Exactly, exactly, because what we're doing is we're building a family, and families don't hang out in multi-purpose rooms. Yeah. They hang out in houses with, with couches and televisions and ovens. Gosh! All Patrick needs to have a house is a couch, a television, and an <laughs> oven. That's it, so that he can have somewhere to sit, 
somewhere to watch <laughs> bones TV, somewhere, somewhere to, to watch bones and somewhere to so yeah, make pizza rolls that's it that's all he wants <laughs> I don't watch Bones. I don't watch Bones either. I was going to say, I'm trying to think of a show that you watch, Burn Notice. You seem like a guy that would watch Burn Notice. How dare you? I'm just kidding. The Office. I don't know. I watch yeah. sitcoms. Sitcoms. There you go. How I Met Your Mother. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This podcast does not support fornicating sitcoms. <laughs> this, this podcast doesn't support fornicating anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. We're so jazzed. Hey, we need to talk more about how radical hospitality and creating a spiritual family um intertwined Link like together you and me, because oh, I've, yeah. I've been i've been doing so much writing and so much praying about creating a family in a parish and that's radical the, hospitality oh goes yes it does 100 percent. let's write a book together let's hold hands and write a book together you can write with your left hand on the left page and i'll write with my right hand on the right page and then my left hand is holding your right hand yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that. I was like, wait a second, wouldn't that mean we're facing each other? But no, uh, you're right. That is how it would work. Oh, man. This, we got so heated. I'm ready to jump off a building. I'm ready. Not like in a bad way. Like, I feel like I could fly right now. So, trads that listen to our podcast that drive an hour to go to Mass, I'm sorry, but... Um, I don't take really- back anything I said. I don't tell you anything I say, but it's it's true. You should go to the parish that's close to you. You should go to a parish that's close to you. You should go to the parish that the boundaries you belong to. to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking. I was talking. We just got a new youth minister at my parish, and I was talking to her, and I was like, "The ideal youth ministry has something going on every night, regardless of whether or not it a includes everybody or b includes the youth minister." Yep. A good youth ministry has people having movie nights on Fridays going to breakfast on Wednesday mornings before school, going to morning mass mm-hmm. on Thursdays and having a Bible study. The parish across the river from me, they they do Lexio every morning before 8.30 a.m. mass. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We have adults don't do that. We and have something, parish, we have something I think, every day of the week because we have teens that meet up at a coffee shop on Mondays and they do like artsy-fartsy crap. Um, on Tuesdays, I think there's a small group. I don't know. On Wednesdays, there's a ton of small groups. On Thursdays, everybody gets up and goes to 815 Mass and goes to the coffee shop afterwards. On Fridays, the boys all get together and play basketball. I don't know what the girls nice. do. Um, and then on Sundays, we have Life Team. Like, it's, there's literally almost every single day of the week, like, things are happening. You know, it's a, it's because it's a family, and that's what but you Ethan, do. But Ethan, they're only there for the Steubenville conference that happens yeah. once a year. Life Teen Twitter, Life Teen, uh, Life Teen is just destroying. Catholic, there's Catholic no real Twitter. authentic oh, community. No here's why. Here's why we hate that because Life Teen does good things for people, and they're so amazing. And I mean, and and, and Life Teen is just the example because they're national. But like I said, my my parish was not life team until recently and we we changed lives in my youth ministry i know a ton of people who dealt with some really serious stuff in high school and we were able we were vulnerable with each other we were able to help each other through some serious problems and man it was amazing and it was all because of it was all because we created a family ethan's playing with a usb cord right now and that might mean that he can't talk so i'm just gonna no no i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm just charging my phone because i don't want it to die Okay, so how long have we been talking? Because I have a couple friends waiting for me. We're going to go get ice cream. Yeah, I need to eat dinner, so uh, didn't you want to – Shout out Eli and shout out Furtado because I told them I'd shout them out. Shout out the chicken noodles that I'm about to put in my belly. Um, I'm so glad we got to rant today, Ethan. Yeah, me too. This was good. Oh, man. I needed to get that off my chest before Steubenville. 
so that I wasn't talking about it on Steubenville, and now it's out there, and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to hyperanalyze Steubenville right there. Exactly. I do that all the time at mass, and it sucks. I'm like, well, what if this music was better? I think I'd be worshiping better. And I'm like, oh, hey Satan, please get away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do Crunch of the Week real quick. I have a beef yeah, with, with uh, Crunch Bunch out there. We didn't get any new reviews in the past week. I know. Uh, what the heck? We're trying to eclipse uh, Catching Foxes. We need like 40 more, I think, to have more than them. And I know, I know there are plenty of you out there that, that, that listen and could drop just a quick little, quick little review, just one sentence long. Um, the shortest review gets, gets, the, gets Crunch of the Week next week. So, <laughs> With the funniest word. Short, shortest, shortest review that makes us laugh the most. We, we're looking for the highest uh, length to uh, comedy ratio. Yes. So if you can maximize that, you'll be Crunch of the Week next week. Uh, I'll read this one. Um, These Guys by Schminkel148283. This is a fantastic podcast if you want to hear about Catholicism in a funny yet informative manner. The most recent podcast about how to evangelize with your family was perfect. I just, I was just thinking about that recently, and it was very helpful. God bless. I'm glad you got something out of our podcast. I'm also glad that you actually left a review when you enjoyed something that we talked about. At everyone. At everybody else. Yeah. Salt gang. Catching Fox is always Catching Fox is always says like, if everybody donated two dollars, we could quit our jobs. I say, if everybody donated one review, we'd be able to make fun of Catching Foxes. So, <laughs> please leave a review. Yeah. Um. Any other news that we need to tell the people? Are you talking about t-shirts? Because they're coming. Okay. I mean, I yeah. didn't. It didn't have to be that, but anything else in general that you wanted to say? Yeah. Uh, no, I have. I have nothing else to say. Um. Yeah. Pray, please. Pray, pray, pray. It, when this episode goes up, uh, we'll be on Steubenville, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be going to the camp that we go to afterwards. So please, please, yeah. please pray for um, the teens that we're taking, um, the teens that are in my small group, for me and all the other uh, leaders that will be leading small groups, for all of the chaperones, for all of the teens going to the conference, for the speakers and the volunteers, that all of us uh, grow closer to Christ um, throughout this weekend. Yes. So please, please, please pray. Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia, so hit me up. Yeah, if, if you're, you're if you Sergio, 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 Sergio. Uh, yeah. Hey, have a good week. I won't. You too, you I too. won't talk to you until um, when I get back. So yeah, don't 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 text me while you're uh, ministering to teens. I will not. Teenies. I'll do my best. I really, really have to pee and eat. All right. So you're with that. Away. Thank you for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters.